Welcome to New York. This is, is the Devil's Devil State, State of Mind podcast, podcast, brought to you brought by to you the Hockey, Hockey Podcast, podcast Network. Network. Now here's now your host, host, Neil Villapiano! This team is just rolling right now. What is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, your host, your confidant, your best friend, Neil Villapiano. And welcome to another exciting, and I mean exciting edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network as well as Sports Wire Radio, the best place to get everything you need to know about your red hot news. Jersey Devils. As always, guys, I hope you're having a fantastic day. I know I am, but I hope you guys are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys, as always, for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out, and I greatly appreciate it. I also know that we're getting a lot new listeners to the podcast as well, so I thank you and I welcome everybody who's new, who's listening to the podcast, and also the people who have been with me through the thick and thin. It means a lot to me that you guys continue to to show so much support and so much love for the Devil's State of Mind podcast. This podcast episode and everything we do here at the Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored, as always, by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't forget to sign up for DraftKings. Use our promo code THPN. And as always, tell them that Neil Villapiano sent you. Once again, a big shout out and thank you to DraftKings Sportsbook for sponsoring the Hockey Podcast Network as well as the Devil's State of Mind podcast. Boy, we had some fun this past week, didn't we, Devils fans? I mean, this team is just doing things that I have not seen them do, in some cases, my entire life, and in some cases, for many years. And this team just continues to do things that I did not think were possible. And they just keep winning. They just keep winning, getting points, and, you know, really, really putting their stamp on the NHL world this year and really catching people's attention. And it's really just been so much fun to watch this team, to cover this team. It's been phenomenal. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to recap the last two games of the Western Canada road trip. And they had excitement in both of them. We are also going to be talking about Mackenzie Blackwood and also some of the decisions that the Devils have made about Blackwood and the goaltending situation, at least for the time being, moving forward. And then finally, we're going to give you some recaps, some updates from the Utica Comets, Adirondack Thunder, and Metropolitan Riveters, who were all busy over this past couple of days and into the weekend. So, as always, guys, we have a bunch to get to here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. 
So let us get rolling with our first topic of the day. Well, not really topic. It's the first of the two recaps that we have for you here on this episode. First one is the game against the Edmonton Oilers on Thursday. Devils looking, going into this game, looking to extend their winning streak to five games. And we knew this was a big matchup because you're going up against two of the best players in the game today in Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And the Devils decided to go with Mackenzie Blackwood after coming off a solid performance against the Canucks earlier in the week. So you knew this one was going to be tough, potentially the toughest of the three games in this Western Canada road trip. And all you were hoping for is that, is that the Devils would continue their strong play and ultimately try to get themselves some points against a team like the Oilers. Um, in the first period, you know, we jump right into it. Devils came out looking to strike first. They had energy. They had speed. They put pucks to the net. They were looking like they were going to just get off to the start that we had grown accustomed to seeing. And then we had a pivotal moment in the first period where Jesper Bratt kind of intercepts the puck at center ice. He's creating a two-on, uh, basically a two-on-one that, that, Almost became a three-on-two where Brett, I mean, he had all day to shoot that puck and he should have shot it. It's that he tried to pass it back. I think he was trying to find Eric Halla on the play. He was coming off the bench, but he makes a pass that actually got blocked by the stick of a diving defenseman. And the Oilers came the other way with speed. Zach Hyman and Connor McDavid on a two-on-one. And Hyman just makes a great pass to McDavid, who does not hesitate. He goes top shelf, beating Blackwood. And McDavid getting his 12th of the year, making it one nothing Edmonton, just a little, little less than halfway through the first period. So obviously, very frustrating because I remember saying to myself, why, why did Jesper Bratton pass that puck? Why did he do that? He should have shot it. And you immediately start thinking like, oh God, you know, we're back to making plays like we've seen before where we we pass when we should shoot and doing everything the opposite way, basically. Very frustrating, and ultimately it, it cost us a goal. But I will say that the Devils really kind of shook that off. They needed a couple of minutes to shake that off, and then went back to, you know, getting pucks on that and being aggressive. And it did pay off as Nate Bastion was able to find Miles Wood in the slot with a defender on him, and he's able to get just enough of the puck to take that shot beating the goaltender Skinner and tying the game up at one miles wood getting his third goal of the year. And that's where things stood after one period of play tied at a goal apiece. So, you know, basically a period where the devils were probably the better of the two teams. They made one mistake that McDavid probably the best player in the NHL right now, um, you know, took advantage of and that, and that you can't afford to do that against great players like McDavid. Then we go into the second period and the devils, looked off. They, I don't know if it was just fatigue or whatever, but they just looked off. They really, really had one of their worst periods they've had recently, you know, in this last really successful stretch. And it started with a turnover in the offensive zone. Um, Oilers got it, took a wrist shot and a nice deflection by Derek Ryan. Just enough was able to beat McKenzie black with stick side Ryan getting his second goal of the year. And the Oilers regained the lead two to one with exactly 12 minutes remaining in the period. Now, here comes the part that really scared all of us, and it's still very frustrating that it happened. And this was as the Oilers were getting ready to go on the power play. Mackenzie Blackwood making a T-push from his right to his left appeared to injure himself as he immediately went down and could not get up. And you knew with him laying down on all fours like that, not moving, that it clearly wasn't a head injury. It was clearly a lower body, most likely groin injury. I've seen that enough, and I've played the position to know when those type of injuries 
uh, end up happening. And that was one of those where you're slamming your fist on the table and saying, you've got to be kidding me. We're dealing with goalie injuries already this season. We're already going through this again. That had to have been the feeling from most Devils fans, especially, you know, it, it was certainly my feeling when I saw it. And obviously, Blackwood needed help getting off the ice. Vitek Vanacek came in, and the Oilers went to the power play and really honestly didn't end uh, uh, didn't waste much time as uh, a nice feed from McDavid to Leon Dreisaitl, who was able to beat Vanacek uh, near side to double the lead to 3-1 to one Edmonton. And at this point, McDavid and Dreisaitl imposing their will on the Devils. And uh, you can't really blame Vanacek in that situation because he's coming in cold and he's trying to do what he can. And he has to come in cold while also trying to kill off a power play against both McDavid and Drysaddle. So you knew it was going to be tough there, and it ended up uh, not working out. Um, Oilers, again, really kind of just dictated the pace of that second period, and it was 3-1 to Edmonton after two. And not shockingly, Blackwood did not return in this game, and we did hear from, from one Edmonton reporter that he saw Blackwood leave the arena with a boot on, so that is not ideal, so maybe it isn't a groin injury. Again, as we've come to know, you know, to have a, as we've accustomed to basically, you know, experiencing with the Devils and injuries in hockey, we don't really get a whole lot of information, so it is what it is, and we'll probably know more later on. And uh, we actually did get an update from Lindy Ruff um, earlier uh, later on this week that I'll talk about in a minute. Um, I will say this in the third period. If not for some tremendous saves, like that two-on-one diving save that Vanacek had on Bouchard, um, the Oilers could have easily scored two or three more goals and made this a blowout and just made it one of those where – Everything just went wrong for the Devils, and they just could not recover. But Vanacek refused to allow the Devils to go down by three. And the Devils really got off to the start that you wanted in this third period, where just 74 seconds in, Miles Wood takes a wrist shot off the faceoff that beats the goaltender Skinner and cuts the deficit to one, making it three to two. Miles Wood getting his second goal of the game in his fourth of the year, really getting his goal scoring improving a lot this year. You could see how much more aggressive he is at shooting the puck, which you love to see. And the Devils were absolutely resilient in this third period. They continued to pepper the Oilers with shots. It just looked like that the Oilers at times were just trying to hold on for dear life, like we've seen the Devils with leads in, in recent years, where they were just praying that they could get to the end of this game and find a way to win. Devils just kept firing the puck at net, but they just couldn't find a way to get that next goal. That was until with a little less than three and a half minutes to go in the game, Devils are coming into the offensive zone. Tomas Tatar weaves his way around one defender. Nice little drop-off pass to Ryan Graves, who goes around two defenders, takes a shot as he's kind of falling down through the legs of Skinner, and it squeaks past him and in, and the Devils have tied the game up at three. Ryan Graves getting his second goal of the season, and the Devils have come back from down two to tie the game up at three. And it stayed tied for a total of seven seconds because right off the ensuing faceoff, Devils win the draw. John Marino gets the puck near the Devils bench, makes a long stretch pass to Brad, who stays on side, has a step past the right defenseman, has a break, takes the wrist shot off the top post and in, and the Devils 
within seven seconds go from being down one goal to being up by a goal at four to three. And Jesper Brett, who is continuing to have this unreal season, gets the go-ahead goal to give the Devils the lead with 3.08 left in this one. And with those two goals in seven seconds, that was uh, registered as the fastest time between goals in Devils history. So a little bit of history and a little bit of record breaking, more or less, a little bit of history breaking uh, from Brett and the Devils. Also with that goal, Brett sets a new consecutive games point streak to start the year. He tied Tim Higgins in the game against the Canucks, and he surpassed Tim Higgins to set a new record for most consecutive games with at least a point to start the year as he pushes it to 11 consecutive games. And the Devils really locked it down at the end. There were there was one or two chances that Edmonton had, but Vanacek came up with some big-time saves again, and the Devils held on for the miraculous 4-3 win over the Edmonton Oilers in regulation, coming back from down 3-1 to start that period. Massive comeback win by this team. Another statement win as well to show the resilience that this team has. And Lindy Ruff said it in his post game that in other years, that would have been one of those games where you sit there and you're deflated and say, we lost Blackwood. We're down by two goals. McDavid and Drysaddle are just toying with us. It's just not going to happen tonight. But the Devils and particularly Vitek Vanacek, which hats off to him, Refuse to let this team lose. And with that win, the Devils extend their winning streak to five games. This is the first five-game winning streak in Devils uh, for the Devils in five years. Think about that. The 17-18 season was the last time we saw this team win at most five games in a row which I know sounds a little bit ridiculous, like, well, it is hard to win five in a row, but considering we've seen so many teams be able to win five-plus games in a row and for the Devils to take uh, about a half a decade to do that, it's pretty remarkable in itself. So another thing that the Devils were struggling to achieve, they were able to achieve it, which was massive. Moving their record on this Western Canada road trip to 2-0-0, going into the finale of the road trip in Calgary, and obviously, you know, at least definitely giving us a winning record on this road trip, which is awesome. And again, hats off to Vitek Vanacek, came into a very tough situation, gave up that power play goal, yes he did, but did not allow another goal the rest of the game as he stopped 18 of the 19 shots that he faced and the Devils most importantly got themselves the comeback victory to also get their eighth win of the year, making that seven wins in their last eight, and obviously five-game winning streak, and moving their record at that time to 8-3-0. Just a phenomenal comeback by this team. Jesper Brad continuing to do amazing things. Vanacek coming in to a tough situation. All in all, a big gut-check win for this New Jersey Devils team here early on this season. So the news that we all wanted to know after the game against Edmonton was what was the deal with Mackenzie Blackwood? And obviously the Devils didn't have an answer for us after the game and they didn't really give us an answer, um, you know, on Friday either. But what was interesting was that the Utica Comets had played on Friday um, and Akira Schmid was not in the lineup. They had signed someone else to a PTO, I believe. So it was kind of one of those things where it said, hmm, 
something to keep your eye on. And once you kind of knew that, knowing how, you know, how we all have seen this before, you kind of had a feeling that it was probably Akira Schmidt on his way to New Jersey. And then the Devils announced that morning that Akira Schmidt had been called up by the Devils from Utica and would meet the team in Calgary for the game against the Flames. Um, also, uh, in that same movement, uh, Andreas Johnson, who did not play a single game since being recalled up to New Jersey, was uh, loaned back to Utica. So I don't know how long that'll be. You know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, Lindy Ruff also did say that Mackenzie Blackwood would indeed see doctors on Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday is also the next game the Devils play, which is against the Calgary Flames at home, which would be the second of a strange home and home against this Flames team. So, yeah, um, I do not expect the injury uh, status to be good for Blackwood. I expect this to be another lingering type of thing um, that uh, we may honestly just not get a timeline for. But I guess we'll see what happens on Tuesday if we do get indeed get anything. Uh, you obviously still have Vanacek. Jonathan Bernier, who has been traveling with the team, he's been on the road trip, uh, has been practicing. So it looks like he's getting closer to potentially being ready to go. And you do have Akira Schmid, who, yes, obviously has not had the greatest success in his early goings of his career in the NHL. But with the way this team has been playing, you know, it does give him some confidence that he can come up here and try to help this team and, uh, you know, go from there. So at the moment, we've only had two goaltenders play a game this year with uh, Blackwood and Vanacek. And we'll see if Akira Schmid um, and or Jonathan Bernier get some playing time moving forward. What is interesting is that Jonathan Bernier is still on long-term injured reserve. He would have to come off that, and they'd probably have to make a, a move as well to put maybe someone else there. And that might be one of Andre Pilat or... Um, Mackenzie Blackwood. I would probably lean more towards Andre Pilat, um, which, by the way, we still don't have a timeline for him. But, I, you know, I, I think that's probably the most likely thing that's going to happen. Um, like I said before, it looked like to me it was a groin injury for Blackwood. And if indeed it is, he's going to be out for a while. And he may honestly struggle a, a bunch moving forward. And I think, although obviously you don't want someone to win the job based off an injury, Considering the fact that VTEC had looked better than Blackwood up until this point, I think it is very clear that VTEC, you know, at this point is the team's number one goaltender. And this might be the end for Mackenzie Blackwood in New Jersey. This last injury, he's had several. This last injury might honestly be the nail in the coffin for him in his time with New Jersey. He is a free agent at the end of the year. And, uh, you know, again, we'll see what the significance of the injury is. But, I wouldn't be shocked if the Devils just kind of let this one roll on for as long as possible and, uh, you know, go from there. Unless, you know, it's a, it's a tough deal. It is a tough deal. And I don't want to immediately just say that, you know, Blackwood's time with the Devils is up. But it's hard not to think that when you consider the injury history and things like that. And again, struggling to get back to a level that he was a couple of years ago. So it's a very unfortunate thing. And again, we'll see. Um, on Tuesday, we'll see if we get any update and just kind of go from there. But right now, you know, from this point forward, Vitek Vanacek is our number one guy and he's been playing well. So we got to uh, we got to ride it as, as long as we can. NFL Sundays are only getting better. And so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 
Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if you do. So if you're feeling like you got your team in the bag and you know that they're definitely going to somehow get a win, although if you're like a Raiders fan and you end up losing to the Jaguars like you did, maybe it's not a good idea to bet on them. But regardless, check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app right now, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. And with payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use our promo code THPN and place a $5 pregame money line bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So now we shift things to talking about the game on Saturday night against the Calgary Flames. Devils looking for the clean sweep of the Western Canada road trip against a struggling uh, Flames team coming in losers of their last three. Devils also looking to extend their winning streak to an impressive six games. And as I mentioned moments ago, this was the first of a strange home-at-home with Calgary. Because after this game, the Devils fly back to New Jersey, don't play on Sunday, and don't play on Monday. And then we'll play at home the first of a three-game homestand. Uh, they will play Tuesday against the same Flames team in the second matchup. Uh, Vanacek, not surprisingly, got the start. Akira Schmid, who got to Calgary that same day, um, would back up Vanacek in this one. And the Flames definitely wanted to get themselves going and try to get themselves in the right position to get back on the winning side because they got rolling immediately. It's Nassim Kadri, who, again, great, great signing by the Flames. And he's gotten off to a really good start this year. Got his sixth goal of the year on a backhand on a rebound, scoring just 90 seconds into the contest to give the Flames the one nothing lead. But from that moment on, the Devils just dominated that period. They just came out and attacked as they've as we've grown accustomed to seeing them do. Just attack, attack, attack. And it started with Jack Hughes behind the net making an absolutely disgusting no-look behind-the-back pass to Nate Bastion, who was wide open in the slot. He beats Markstrom, getting his second of the year, and he ties the game up at one. And while the goal was nice, that pass, which has been replayed so much on social media, is just absurd. And it just shows you the level of talent that Jack Hughes has. And again, Jack Hughes is still yet to fully break out this year. And he's still getting points and still contributing. Imagine what's going to happen when he finally gets himself fully going this season. It's going to be crazy. Then, after that goal... Nico Kiescher coming back into the offensive zone, getting a takeaway at center ice, and he kind of goes around the net, feeds it in front to Tatar, where it hits his skate, goes right over to Fabian Zetterlin, who's open on the other side, and he knocks it home, beating Markstrom, getting his second of the year, and getting the Devils their first lead of the contest. So the Devils once again getting rewarded for their uh, aggressive play. 
And then towards the end of the period, about, you know, a little more than three minutes to go in the period, Michael McLeod's coming up the right side. He sees Miles Wood streaking to the front of the net, makes a great saucer feed to him. Miles Wood goes top shelf over the shoulder of Markstrom and in, and he gets himself his fifth goal of the year and his third goal in the last two games. And most importantly, it ends up making it three to one Devils after one. So while it's obviously not ideal you give up a goal less than two minutes in to start the game, you finish that period so well, scoring three unanswered goals and grabbing a two-goal lead after 20 minutes of play. But for some reason, and I don't know what exactly it was, maybe it was just being flat from the amount of energy used up in the last game against Edmonton and things like that, or maybe it's just you know the way that Calgary changed things up offensively. The Devils, while they did have a couple of really good chances to score anyway to extend the lead, they definitely seemed more like they fell back defensively and allowed Calgary to get some really good shots. And the Flames were able to at least get one back in that second period um, when Lindholm was able to bury a rebound after a two-on-none um, that the Flames had. Lindholm getting his third of the year. That made it 3-2, to two, and it was 3-2 to two Devils after two periods of play. And then in the third... It definitely felt like the Devils at one point were just trying to hold on for dear life to try to secure this win. And uh, unfortunately, the Flames did end up tying it with about 312 to go in the game as a great feed from former Devil Blake Coleman, a.k.a. Pickles, and gets it in a beautiful tip. And I mean, it was a, tr a beautiful tip by Zadorov getting his third of the year. It deflected perfectly over the glove of Vanacek and in, and that tied the game up to three. So the opposites happened. In Edmonton, we were down 3-1, and we were able to come back and tie it. In this one against Calgary, we were up 3-1, and we allowed Calgary to tie it. And the Devils had a couple of chances at the end of this game to see if they could still win in regulation, but both Markstrom and Venecek made some good saves at the end, and the game had to go to overtime. So it took until the 12th game of the season for the Devils to get their first crack at overtime. And the Devils were able to pick up a power play a little less than halfway through the OT period, and they immediately got to work. And then as the power play was kind of coming to an end, Jack Hughes going from his right to his left, dropping off the Dougie Hamilton. Hamilton with a beautiful no-look feed to Fabian Zetterlin, who with no hesitation whatsoever, one-time slap shot, top shelf, easily beating Jakob Markstrom. Zetterlin getting a second of the game, third of the year, and the Devils, despite blowing a 3-1 lead in this game, winning it over time by the final score of 4-3, and they complete the three-game sweep of the Western Canada road trip, getting all six points that they could have gotten, and it was just an exciting, awesome way for this team to finish up this road trip. First six-game winning streak, since 2012, which was the last time we got to the cup final. So, you know, let, let, you know, you, you take that any way you want. That's the way I look at it. Here's another crazy stat that we found out for the first time in 26 years. I'm 25. So think about that for the first time in 26 years, the devils completely swept their Western Canada road trip. Unbelievable that someone had that stat. That's 
unreal that that was the last time. And it's crazy that that streak of it took 26 years, which is longer than I've been alive since the last time the Devils did that. The Devils uh, .750 winning percentage through their first 12 games is tied for the best in franchise history in that many games, tying them with the 17-18 team that went on to make the playoffs and lose in the first round, and the 93-94 team, which went all the way to Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals against the Rangers. And here's some other stats. This came from Sportsnet. Shout out to them for these uh, stats. This is the most wins through the first 11 games of a season in Devils franchise history. This was prior to the game, 1974 to the present. 9-17-18, and New Jersey's only playoff campaign since 2012. 8 in 2022-23, downing the Flames with a 4-3 overtime victory. Eight in 93-94, which I mentioned before, made Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. And eight in 2002-2003, the last time the Devils won the Stanley Cup. So every single year that isn't this year, the Devils have at least made the playoffs and have at least made the Conference Finals twice. Obviously, getting ahead of ourselves, as always, as Devils fans do. But these are just things to keep in mind later on this season. Also, shout out to James Nichols of the fourth period for mentioning that this is the first win in Calgary for the Devils in five years since 2017. So that's pretty remarkable. There's also the second longest winning streak of the season of any team in the NHL behind the Vegas Golden Knights, who are currently on a seven-game winning streak. So there you go. Both of these teams playing very well. Devils currently holding the longest winning streak of any Eastern Conference team. And then you have the BMW line of Nate Bastion, Michael McLeod, and Miles Wood. And I hope to God that they do not screw up this line at all the rest of the year. Nate Bastion had a goal and an assist in this one, and he now currently has a four-game point streak. And as for Miles Wood... Also a goal and an assist in this one. He also has a four-game point streak and has six points in that span with also three goals in the last two games. So we're also getting contributions from not just our top six, but from the bottom six, which is exactly what we want. And at the end of the day, the Devils fly back to the Garden State, winners of all three games in Western Canada for the first time in nearly three decades. And that is phenomenal this team was seven three and two through 12 games last year and they have uh outdone themselves as they are now nine three and oh through 12 games and the calgary flames on tuesday will be the first shot the devils have to already reaching double digit wins which is tremendous by this team absolutely tremendous and all i can say at this point and again as i've mentioned before not going to say anything about the, you know, this team is different, all that stuff right now. All I'll say is this. Let's just keep it rolling. This has been fun. This has been exciting. We're a freaking wagon right now. Let's just keep it rolling, guys. I'm having a blast. You guys are having a blast. And it makes recording these podcasts that much more fun. And uh, here's to hoping that the Devils have another awesome week. Again, three home games coming up. Calgary on Tuesday. Ottawa on Thursday, and then Saturday at home against the Arizona Coyotes. So there are some winnable games here. Let's just keep this baby rolling.
So the last thing here I wanted to discuss with you guys on this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast is a much-anticipated update from the Utica Comets, Adirondack Thunder, and Metropolitan Riveters. We'll start things off with the Utica Comets, our AHL affiliate. They finished up this past week with a 1-1-1 record, so they got three of a possible six points. Started with a 4-3 loss in the shootout to the Providence Bruins on Wednesday in Providence. Then lost 5-3 in Rochester to the Rochester Americans on Friday. And then wrapped up the weekend with a 2-1 win over the Americans at home on Saturday. So they're able to get some points, get a win, and get themselves a little bit of, a mo- of momentum. Brian Pino has been, without a doubt, the best player on this Utica Comets team. Through nine games, he's played in all nine so far for Utica. He has six goals, three assists for nine points. He has continued to just get rocking and rolling. And, you know, again, he's one of those guys where you sit there and you say to yourself, hmm, I wonder if he might be a call-up at some point if we need some goal scoring, you know, later on. I, I wonder. It's it's good to see a guy like him who we don't know much about, you know, playing this well. Especially he's not one of our top prospects either, which again shows the depth of this team. So Brian Pino doing well so far in the early goings. Uh, currently, Utica stands at a 4-4-1 record, good enough for nine points. They're towards the bottom of the Eastern Conference. So like I said before, not off to the thrilling start that they had last year, but you knew things were going to be different. And uh, the hope is that the Comets can uh, get some more wins under their belt moving forward and uh, get their season really rocking and rolling. Uh, the Comets have just two games coming up this week. Uh, again, weekend games start off, starting off Friday at home against Laval Rocket, the Montreal Canadiens um, AHL team. And then the following night, they are on the road in Syracuse against the Syracuse Crunch, the Tampa Bay Lightning affiliate. So the hope is, as we all like to have, uh, is that the Comets can get themselves a couple of victories and get themselves the six wins by the end of next week. So that is your Utica Comets update. Now let's head over to our ECHL affiliate, the Adirondack Thunder, who, like I've mentioned before, have gotten off to a pretty bad start this year. But they did have some positivity this week as they ended up splitting their two games against Trois-Rivières Lions. They lost the first game 4-3 to in overtime, so they got their first point of the season on Friday and then had a dominant 6-1 to win in the second game on Saturday night, which was also their first W of the year. So finally, the Thunder were able to get themselves their first win. It came in their sixth game of the season. Noah Corson so far leading the way through six games. He's got three goals, four assists, and seven points. The Adirondack Thunder, again, still towards the bottom of the ECHL, are currently at a 1-4-1 record for three points. They have two games coming up against the Worcester Railers, the New York Islanders ECHL affiliate, and a team that they've already lost to four times in the early season. Um They are both on the road, back-to-back games against Worcester on Friday and Saturday. So let's see if the Adirondack Thunder can get some wins here and really, really get their confidence up. Because, again, you know, with the slow start they've had, they really, really do need some momentum. And then finally here we have the Metropolitan Riveters, who had their season opener on Sunday afternoon against the Boston Pride, the defending Isabel Cup champions. Boston played the night before and got themselves a win. And they got themselves their second win as they ended up blanking the Riveters by the final score of two to nothing. Riveters fell to the pride in this one, 
Boston ends up finishing out shooting the Riveters by a whopping 46 to 27. And I've mentioned this before, but the Riveters only have about two or three players from last year's team. So there's a lot of new players, new ownership, new coaching staff, a lot new. So it's going to take some time for this team to gel and get themselves going. But obviously not an ideal start. You know, losing sucks, but getting shut out in the first game of the season, not much better. Uh, Sarah Bujold led all Riveters players in today's game with six total shots on net. And Rachel McQuiggy, who was in net for the Riveters, ended up having a really good game as she stopped 44 of the 46 shots that she faced good enough for a .957 save percentage. Unfortunately, it was not enough as she wasn't able to get any goal support. So tough first loss of the season, but obviously a long season to go. The next game is also the home opener, which is not for almost two weeks. The schedule is very weird in the uh, Premier Hockey Federation. Um, next game, home opener on Saturday, November 19th against the Toronto Six. They also will play the sec their third game of the season and the second game of the weekend the following night, the following day, excuse me, also against the Toronto Six. As I mentioned before, but I'll mention it again for all you people in the Garden State of New Jersey, all home games will be played at the American Dream Mall. Yes, they are literally playing their games at a mall in the Meadowlands in East Rutherford, New Jersey, right across the street from MetLife Stadium, which is home to the New York Giants and New York Jets. So if you're up in that area relatively close, make sure you go check out these ladies play as their season gets rolling here. So obviously much up and down from all three of those teams that we just mentioned a lot more highs from the devils, but at the end of the day, it is still early goings here. And as I mentioned before, talking specifically about the devils, Let's just keep rolling, guys, because this has been a freaking blast. And we're hoping for another awesome week coming up for not just the Thunder, um, Comets, and obviously Riveters as they practice, but certainly for your new Jersey Devils.